the scripture reading this morning comes from Luke chapter 18, verses 15 through 17. Uh, If you want to follow along, you can find it printed on page 6 in your bulletin. People were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Buenos días. La lectura de hoy viene del Evangelio según San Lucas, capítulo 18, versículos 15 al 27. También le llevaban niños pequeños a Jesús para que los tocara. Al ver esto, los discípulos reprendían a quienes los llevaban. Pero Jesús llamó a los niños y dijo, Dejen que los niños vengan a mí y no se lo impidan porque el reino de Dios es de quienes son como ellos. Les aseguro que el que no reciba el reino de Dios como un niño, de ninguna manera entrará en él. Let's pray together. Let's ask for God's help. God, we need your help. We need you to make your word come alive, and we need you to give us open hearts. Uh, We pray that you would remove whatever barriers we might have against you, against these words. We pray that you would challenge us where we need to be challenged. That's a strange request. Sometimes we prefer just to be comfortable and to remain as we are, but we're hungry for you. Dare we even say we're hungry to change. So we pray that you would show up and that you would do it in a way that we would point to you and we would say, God was surely here. What a great thing to expect of you. We expect great things of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I've got a toddler. Pray for me got a toddler, and I need all the help I can get. There are good days, there are bad days, and there was one day uh, when I went to that place of great group therapy, therapy for parents, that is the internet, and found this wonderful little piece, uh, that you might be able to understand and connect with, whether you've got a child of your own, or if you've been around one lately, see if this sounds about right. It's a little piece called The Property Laws of a Toddler. Uh, You know, the little rules that kids abide by and live by when it comes to the stuff that they have and the stuff that they play with. The list goes something like this. Number one, if I like it, it's mine. Two, if it's in my hand, it's mine. Three, if I can take it from you, it's mine. Four, if I had it a little while ago, it's mine. Five, if it's mine, it must never even appear to be yours in any way. Five, if I'm doing or building something, all the pieces are mine. Six, if it just looks like mine, it's mine. 
What are we on? I think it's actually eight that we're on. If I saw it first, it's mine. Nine, if you are playing with something and you put it down, it's automatically mine. And number 10, of course, if it's broken, it's yours. The property laws of a toddler. Man. Toddlers, yeah, they can be a little selfish, a little possessive, just a little. So can I. Sometimes toddler abi- toddlers abide by too many rules. You just heard some of them. At other times, they can't follow a single rule. Yeah, toddlers are a joy and a blessing, but they're also unpredictable. They're messy. They're relentless, and without a doubt, toddlers, children of all kinds of ages, even adults, we're all nuts. <laughs> we really, really are. Which is exactly why it's an incredible surprise to see Jesus, important Jesus, massive crowds following him, Jesus, The Messiah Jesus, the Savior of the world Jesus, the all-too-busy Jesus, the barely-have-time-to-lay-down-my-head Jesus, opening up his arms and saying, bring the messy ones to me. Bring the unpredictable ones to me. Bring the uncontainable ones to me. And I don't mean the word in the way that we sang about that earlier, about God. You see, you think about it, Jesus' ministry was full of what you really can accurately describe as urgency. Sick people being brought to him, ill for all their lives in some cases, some even dying, some dead. Urgent matters at hand, and yet Jesus embraces the children. Crowd, sometimes hundreds, sometimes thousands at one time coming after him, just looking for a word, maybe like you, just looking for a word of encouragement, something that they can hang their life on and move forward for just maybe another day. Crowds, which means, yeah, you got to budget your time well, Jesus. And you can't spend time with everyone, and yet Jesus embraces children. Of course, there were always important people to talk to, religious leaders, wealthy people, and yet Jesus embraces the children. Grown-ups with really great questions, some of these conversations are going to turn out to be decisive to a person's salvation, and yet Jesus embraces the children. Will you consider that with me for a second, as we consider story after story in the past several weeks of ways that Jesus bumped into people on the street and in the crowd, sidewalk encounters as you were, as it were. Here we see a different kind of little person, and we learn a lot about how Jesus loves people and watching how Jesus embraces children. And what we find here in this passage, in this short little vignette, 
are really two things, the way that Jesus shows us the value of children, and secondly, the example of children. He shows us the value of children, and secondly, the example of children. Let's consider it. First, the value of children. People are bringing their babies, their young children. We don't know exactly what ages. The words that are used here are flexible words. We can assume it means children of all ages. And these people are bringing their kids to him that he might place his hands on them, we're told in verse 15. In other words, Jesus shows care and tangible affection to these children. It's not just a formal commitment, it's an actual personal commitment that he demonstrates to these little ones. But it's a little bit more than that. In the words of Dr. Seuss, a person's a person no matter how small. Those are words of respect. You see, what Jesus is giving is a little bit more than just affection. He's more than just a kid person. He's more than just coddling young children. He is actually showing the priority that they have in his heart and in his kingdom. Have you ever thought about it in those terms? That being a follower of Jesus calls you not just to have affection for children, though you need that, not simply to love children, but rather to love them in the form of showing respect to children. Jesus says, in no uncertain terms, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. He's talking about the right of citizenship in his kingdom. He's talking about them having a place in God's world, having even a claim on God. He's not just being nice. He's affirming their dignity. He's honoring them. He's not too busy for them. He's not too important for them. What does it look like, dear friends, for us to show respect to children? And you understand what Jesus is doing here is very against the grain of his society. It's countercultural. Uh, many people are seeking to have Jesus touch and bless their children. But you know, in ancient times, children were absolutely viewed as being the least important members of society. They had the lowest social standings, barely any rights of personhood in the Roman Empire, very little value as human beings, infanticide and child abandonment was a real problem, and child labor wasn't uncommon. Jewish society held children in higher regard, but yet even still, what we see here in the disciples is a relatively low view of these little things. They turn to the parents and they rebuke them. This is absolutely reasonable, isn't it? Maybe they thought Jesus was too important. Maybe they thought this isn't the time to interrupt their master's business. Uh, I'm sure it was noisy. There's no way he was surrounded by children and there wasn't a little bit of chaos. 
And Jesus says, that's okay. That's all right. I mean, what does it look like to show what you might call counter-cultural, even surprising respect and honor to children in our times and in our day? Because what we have here is a call to the followers of Jesus to outpace and even exceed society's value of children. I wonder if one thing might be actually showing respect for the spiritual capacity of kids. To actually honor their ability to perceive and receive the realities of the grace of God. Yes, in in childlike form. Yes, in part, we're not denying the need for children to develop as persons, both outwardly as well as inwardly. But they are indeed capable of grasping spiritual reality. I think this is actually hard for our society to grasp because we tend to be so heady in the way that we operate. We tend to assume that you don't really get it unless you get it up here. A cognitive world. And we're also so driven by personal choice, especially in this country. And so if you can't make a definitive act of the will in a way where we can prove and demonstrate that you thought this through and made your own decision yourself, then we're going to say you actually can't have participated in this spiritual thing. Charles Hodge, a theologian of a couple centuries ago, in one sermon said this so profoundly. He said, the gospel is so simple that small children can understand it. And yet it is so profound that studies by the wisest theologians will never exhaust its riches. And yet hear the first part. It is so simple. The story of the good news of Jesus. God himself coming in the form of man to die for our sins, taking the punishment that we deserve because of God's justice and love for humanity. He couldn't let it stand. And so here is Jesus who laid down his life, standing in the gap between God and man for the forgiveness of our sins, that we might be brought to life before God. As the simple children's song says, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. So simple that even children can understand it. I wonder if some of us are being too grown up to get the core of the story of God in the gospel. I wonder if you're overshooting its profound simplicity when right before you, you have the love of God And the God of the universe says, just open wide your heart, bow your knee and say, I receive it, I receive you. But children are capable, more than we think. Our society also tends to flip back and forth with an extreme pendulum between despising kids on the one hand and worshiping them on the other. See, on the one hand, we can tend to treat kids only as a disturbance or a distraction. 
where how much in life is built around separating kids out from adults so that adults can do their grown-up thing. Now, I understand that there's a place for that. But how do we know where to draw that line? So that we're not simply scorning children as a disruption to more important matters conducted by more important people. What does Jesus say? These little ones may not be able to say a whole lot, may not be able to seemingly contribute a whole lot, but they are, in Jesus, full members of the community of Christ and not second-class citizens. And yet we set them aside or we despise them because they're getting in the way, a hindrance to our meetings or to our freedom or to our lives, and too often seeing them as a hindrance to my happiness or to my career. Keep the children away from me so that they won't hinder me. When Jesus says the very opposite. How many people trying to jump onto a certain job track or happiness track, try to set aside their kids or prospective kids, thereby scorning these little ones. And Paula and I have wrestled with this a lot. That is not an easy thing to work out in life. Different callings and different priorities and different needs. We got to do this in community, folks. Figuring it out in practical terms. On the other extreme, there is this thing where we tend to, as a society, worship children. We treat them as the center of the universe. And do you understand, that too actually is a form of patronizing kids. Where we feel like we're not able to treat them as real people and tell them no when they need to hear no. And so we let them run amok. Or we're not able to, uh, well, as we talked about before, assume that they can actually grow and change and develop. And so we just kowtow to their every demand and let them be all that they want to be, which is always the center of the universe. Am I coming to know and am I coming to understand as a parent that I am actually showing my daughter respect when I don't let her have her way all the time. When I'm able to correct her and say, this is what it looks like to grow in obedience and in truth. Where we take the time to actually train our kids to understand that God is the most important person in the world, not them. And that God loves them so and cares for them. Can we be a church that seeks ways to express this value and this commitment? To be a church that spends time with children, as Jesus did, respecting these little ones, even bringing them to Jesus. You know, one way we try to work this out in this church corporately, and I know there are other ways creatively and personally that we need to do this, is by asking our adult members to help in our children's ministry, whether by being a part of our holding of babies or our teaching of young children. 
Even though we understand and recognize that not all us adults are great with kids, not all of us feel well equipped for it, but it's sort of this priority and value that we're trying to work out, inviting committed members of the covenant community to get to know and to care for the kids, to support the parents, to build relationships with our covenant children through the children's ministry. This is just one way we're trying to work this out. To be in the lives of parents and especially of single parents. To be able to work side by side and walk side by side and say, look, we're a family together. A family that God is bringing. So that you are, if you are a single mom here today, or if you are a single dad here today, that if you are here in this family, that you would know you are not alone. We're with you. We're for you. It's this idea that the Bible gives us time and again. That all members of the church are godparents of our baptized children. Spiritual aunts and uncles. People that are vowed before God to help raise up and care for one another's kids. It's one expression. It's not the only one of what this looks like in community. But what does it look like in your life individually? What does it look like? It really is a critical thing to live this out. It's so important. Why? Because in so many ways, your understanding of the gospel is at stake. That sounds like a bold statement, but listen to this. Jesus' embrace and acceptance of children is a massive statement about the grace and the acceptance of God. You see, if the kingdom of God belongs to such as these, then it must mean that God loves people that are insignificant and unimpressive, doesn't it? If the kingdom of God belongs to such as these, then it must mean that God brings into his service people that aren't always very useful. Because he's not just out to use you and put you to work. If the kingdom of God belongs to such as these, then it must mean that God loves people who don't have a long track record of good choices. And it must mean that he embraces people that don't have much of a spiritual or a moral resume. Even if you argue that little children haven't done much wrong, you can't really argue that they've done much right. This is the grace of God to kids and to grown-ups. And that's good news. If the kingdom of God belongs to such of these, then the God of the Bible must indeed be a God of grace. A God who pours out his favor and his blessing, not based upon what you have done for him lately, not based upon your recent moral performance or your long-standing track record before him. He loves you as a gift. He blesses you as a gift. He shows you favor as a gift. Because Jesus has earned for you, if you've embraced him, everything necessary to bring God into your life. The gospel, 
pictured here before us. And this brings us to the second point. That Jesus points us also to the example of children. This is what he says in verse 17. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. What does he mean by that? I think he's talking about a a little childlike, simple trust. You know how hard that is? To simply take God at his word. God says, I forgive your sins. And to say, okay. God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Especially when you're going through a hard time. And I know a lot of you, if not all of us, are in one way or another. I will never leave you or forsake you, says God, to those who have embraced his son. Maybe today for you the hardest thing is to be like a child and to say, I believe that. I know it's true. Simple faith, humble, dependent trust. Knowing that you don't have it all, running to your heavenly father in times of need. Knowing that you can't fix yourself, you can't save yourself. It means coming to God broken and needy and helpless and beggarly and poor and hungry. And to say, God must save me or I die. The spirit of a child who comes to say, there's no way I get into God's kingdom unless my daddy opens up the door. Jesus says, be a child. The one way, in fact, the only way to get right with God, the only way to become a citizen of his kingdom, the only way to have the life that you deeply long for, that God made you to have, is to be a child before him. To not say, I'll only come to him when I figured it all out. Or I'll only come to him when he finally proves himself to me. Or I'll only come to God after I have done well. I'll only come to God after I have cleaned myself up. I'll only come to God once I prove that I am worthy of his affection and love. No, Jesus says, be a child. And sometimes that's the hardest thing to be. And look here, this is what Jesus is telling us today. One of the best ways for you to learn to be a child is to be around a child. To take up around you this incredible metaphor that we find all throughout Scripture. The call of God for us to be like children unto a parent in our relationship with God. Echoed from page after page after page of the Bible that tells us, look, God has built into this world and into our families and into our relationships a picture of what God requires of you. Where next time you're 
right in on the metro or you're walking on the sidewalk and you see a little girl hanging on her mama's arm, you hear God say, be like that. Or you see a child going to their parents in a time of need, maybe a skinned knee or maybe a scary night. You can hear God through that metaphor say to you, be like that child. And this is so much the case that we might even be able to draw this bold conclusion that there are certain lessons about the grace of God and about the truth of God that we will never learn apart from being near to children. Is that going too far? I don't know. I don't think so. Because God means for us to dive right into the heart of this picture, this metaphor, this reality of a childlike dependence upon a parent, upon an adult. And he means for us to see in that a little bit of the story of the gospel. Unmerited love and favor, simple trust, humble dependency upon our God. This God who himself so saw the dignity of little ones that he himself became a child. You realize that, right? Didn't just show up as a man, was born as a baby, helpless and vulnerable. Wasn't beneath him, literally esteemed the status and the place of children in this world and in the kingdom. This child who grew up and lived the perfect life that you and I should have lived but could not live and would not live. Who in humility and love lived to the very end a life of sacrifice, dying on a cross for you and me, suffering hell and judgment that we should have suffered, that we might belong in God's kingdom, whether we are little or big or something in between. Jesus gives us this calling to value kids. And he gives us this picture, an example of what he desires of us and our souls in relation to him. What's this look like? What does this look like in your life? I know not all of you feel like you're naturally kid people. You know, I'm, I'm not. It took me a long time to come around, you know. It's okay, we're growing together. But is the grace of God alive in your life in this area? And is it alive in our community's life? As we learn to love children, as we learn to respect children, as Jesus did. Let's pray. God, we love you because you always love us in surprising ways. And you teach us and continue to instruct our hearts. We love you because you first loved us. We love you because you loved us when we don't deserve it. You always have and you always will. And you loved us as you love little children. And we're so grateful for your love. And so now with this song, we respond to you as your children with joy, with gratitude, and with open hearts. 
we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. Let's sing.